Awesome, man. God is so good. We've so, have you guys been enjoying the relationship series? Really cool. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, last week we got into a little bit of Ephesians 5. We're going to get back into that marriage and all the good stuff in marriage, you know. But we're just going to go back to the, some of the basics and remind ourselves of the basics. And that is God has chosen marriage as the highest form of relationship because it is the relationship that will give you the refiner's gold. Amen? If you want the gold that God has, and that we're talking about the character of a person, you're going to get it in marriage. And when, when you are able to, you know, all those scriptures like love your enemy, love your neighbor, you know, all those, <laughs> when I speak about marriage, Wait, you, know, Wait, all <laughs> you know, all those, those scriptures like forgive 70 times seven, all those things come to light when you think of marriage. And, you and know? turning the other cheek, <laughs> same one. Turning. turning the other cheek, yeah, you know, giving when you don't feel like giving, you know. <laughs> You got to die to live, you know, all those. <laughs> give, give, your, give your cloak and your, and your shirt as well. That, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. And marriage, uh, being such a beautiful institution, only created by God, he, he has made that the model for all relationships because he bases it, like we've said to you over the uh, couple of weeks now, all relationships are based. Even the church, bride and the groom are, are based on how, what we learn from that selfless uh, uh, stuff that we go through in, in marriage, you know? It's beautiful. To this person next to you say, I'm ready for another heartwarming. <laughs> Spirit-filled. Spirit-filled <laughs> <laughs> session on marriage <laughs> and relationships. <laughs> say again? Oh, oh, I see, see, I never know if you're talking to us or... If, yeah, a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> so before we get started, Jeb, um, some of those folks that were here in the house last, last week, was it last week we asked them to stand up? The week before? We had some people that had been married for like 58 years. There was, some, there was 58 years, yeah? 52 years, right? There was, there was some serious milestones that were hit here. And um, I, want you, I want you guys to shout out something that's been the, you thought, Hey, thanks, man. That you guys thought was the biggest challenge in your marriage. Auntie Charmaine, think about it. I'm going to come back to you. What was that biggest challenge where you thought that's it? Hey, wait, 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 wait. Opa's not here. You can't let her speak by herself. No, no, no. You know that moment when you were thinking about the only solution was digging a hole in the backyard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We thought about murder, but you, you, you stuck with us, Lord. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Man. You know, the crazy thing is, love covers, covers the multitude of sins, remember? Amen. You know, people, people always think that, you know, the honeymoon's going to last forever. It doesn't. We all know that. But the thing is, is that what made the honeymoon so special in the first place? Have you ever thought about that? What made the honeymoon so uh, sublime in the beginning? Can anyone give me some ideas? Just shout it out if you've got any. What was that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what it was? Some people will say that, yeah. But, you know, the key, the key thing about the honeymoon is, is that you both bought into a vision. And the vision was fresh. And the vision was all about, you know, the relationship, the, the marriage, the home, the children you wanted, you know, the, the, 
that entire thing was bigger and greater than yourself at that moment. And you had someone who was a partner and, and they expressed how much they bought into that same thing. Two people left their moms and their dads and they cleaved to, to, to one another and they had an absolute uh, uh, um, immovable vision of something that was bigger than themselves. Amen? The vision was always bigger than my feelings. The vision was always bigger than my dreams alone. What makes me tick? The vision was what had life breathed into it where two flesh became one. You know? It's a powerful thing. Two flesh became one. It's not just on the wedding bed. That's, that's not what it's talking about. The two flesh becoming one is the mind, the will, and the emotions. That's the flesh of a human being, the soul. That became knitted together, and it had one strong purpose. Are you with me? And covering this whole vision, this whole purpose, this whole thing, was this, was this commitment and this value, you know? And nothing, man, you were ready to die for one another. You were ready to die for the, for the dream. You were ready to die for the children. You were ready to, we're going to do this thing, yeah. you know, because we saw value. <laughs> we're doing this whole thing yeah, again. Yeah. But I'm trying to avoid yeah. eye contact. Because <laughs> we, we see that thing, and that thing is so big, you know, and it's so, and it's, it, it's so beautiful. The beautiful part of it is it, it's bigger than us. It's it's. You know what's bigger than us? Because it's given us a purpose outside of ourselves. That's it. You know? That's the only thing that's going to keep your heart soft with the Lord. Do you know that? Mm. The moment you ever start to look at yourself and what I need and my dreams and my this and my that, your heart automatically becomes hard to God. You know? So the thing is, is that we've got to keep that vision alive. How do we keep that vision alive? By staying softened to God. You see, it's the way that the, the human heart is designed, okay? This is how it works. It's fallen. It's broken. You're only going to experience the perfection of this creation on the day that you receive your glorified body. That is the hope that we all look towards that Paul speaks of, okay? But until then, you must understand, you're weak. You're flawed. You're susceptible to temptations, you are susceptible to feelings. Amen? You are. And that's why you need to stay in the message that saves your soul. Okay? But in the meantime, so, so the thing all starts out big. It starts out bright. It starts out beautiful. It's selfless. There's hope. There's, there's a vision. But the moment we can just slightly take our focus off that thing and we go, well, you know what? Uh, we take our eyes off God for a, mo a slight moment, and then the next thing we start looking at, but I need to, I need to press through, and my career is the thing that's going to give me this home. Yeah. The career is the thing that's going to give us the white picket fence with the two and a half kids <laughs> and the three dogs. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah? So you're not, you're not allowed to call them dwarfs anymore, so I'll just call them halves. Did you hear? You're not allowed to call dwarfs dwarfs anymore. But anyway, so, <laughs> so the thing is, is that it's the... This, this vision is alive. It's got God's breath in it. Yeah. And that's why it's actually sustained. But the moment you look towards the career mm. or you look towards something else to bring about the vision, what happens is your heart becomes hard to God and it becomes soft and pliable towards the career. Hello? Yeah. 
It's just the way you are designed. Don't go spend time with your brother and sister for six weeks, a year, or whatever, and go and see how difficult it is to sit down and have a meal with them. It's because your heart has become hard to them because you're not relating to them. You're not open to them. You're not thinking about them. You're not pondering about them because the last time you spoke to them was six months ago. It's just how you're designed. Amen? But when you're dealing with something and, you, and you're thinking about something and you're working it in your heart and in your thoughts and in your mind all the time, you're soft towards it. You're soft towards how it, how it feels. You, you, you're seeking understanding about it. You're, you're open for God to speak into your heart about that thing. Keep that thing alive. Amen? But the moment we take our eyes of God, we look at the career, then we start to think about, you know, but... How, how's the career going to do it? Then we start to put our energy, our time, our effort into career, career. Career is going to give, going to build the home. The career is going to keep the marriage together. You know that old saying, as soon as poverty comes in the front door, love runs out the back door. Everyone used to say that for years. Are you with me? Yeah. That's a sign that you've taken your eyes off the provider. That's a sign that your marriage is not, no longer sustained by God. Your marriage is sustained by your bank account. Amen? So that's how you are designed. The moment you take your heart off of God and you start looking at something else to be the source for the vision, guess what? The devil comes in and he just gives you another one. I was saying it now in worship. What's the quickest way to steal the vision of, in someone's heart? You don't have to sit there and tell them all day long how bad their vision is. You just give them a new one. Give them a fresh one. Give them one that all of a sudden promises them that sublime, blissful life like the original one. Are you with me? Yeah. You're so weak. We're so weak as people. You can so quickly subscribe to the new one. Invest in the new one. Mm. It's just how we are. That's why you need to stay engaged with your first love. Everything's about being in love with God, keeping the heart soft, because if he's, not, if he's not the one you're pondering on, if he's not the one you're engaging with, if he's not the one you're exchanging with all the time, you become hard, and then guess what? There's nothing for the spouse. There's nothing for the kids. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Do you know how it'll bleed down into your children, into your family, is that you will cut down the dreams because you'll cut down the expectations You'll start speaking about money as being the source. You'll start saying, no, well, you can't do this anymore, and you can't do that, and we can't have this, because you're not looking at God anymore. You're looking at the career. And then you'll start training your kids to be people of small mind, people who can't trust God above their circumstances. Because all that will come out your mouth is not how great God is, but how limited our lives are because of our bank account. Are you with me? 100%. And when that happens, trust me, the love will start to subside. Yep. Yeah. The peace will start to slide away. The joy will start to go. Amen? Are you with me? He has to stay your source by faith. That's it. By faith that He will bring about the promises that He put in your heart. Mm. So we've got to be so careful, folks. We've got to be so careful. You're so susceptible to those feelings. Just for a slight moment, take your eyes off of him and put it on something else and you will see your heart will be hard to him and soft to all that stuff.
And then you've got issues. Guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows forth the issues of life. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. You want to guard your marriage? You want to guard your relationships? Guard your heart. Amen? Amen? Every issue you have in your life is coming from your heart. I didn't say so. The Scripture said so. If the shoe fits, wear it. And then go change them. <laughs> yeah. Buy some new shoes. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Hello? Guard your heart. We've got to stick to the Word. You know, people say, say to me, you know, some, I've had other pastoral friends that have come to me and they said, you know, when I have kids, and they should have had kids long ago, they're like 40-something, you know, but they're like, when I have kids, I'm gonna have, I want to do what you did. What did you do? Can you, can you, can you give us the, the recipe? And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't really pinpoint it to one thing. I can't, I can't say, uh, uh, we did this, and then, you know, this is how we parented, and this is how it is, and, and that's why our kids are like this. And no, you know what it is? I stayed faithful to the message. Yeah. I stayed faithful to the truth. And when God spoke about what a father looks like, I didn't just try and remember verses. I took the verse of what a father is supposed to be like or a husband is supposed to be like, and I worked it in my heart, worked it in my heart, until my heart was so soft to it that it was the first thing I go to before I go to anything else. Yeah. So when a challenge came in my marriage or a challenge came up in my life as a, as a parent, I didn't go read green parenting books. What? No, there's now green parenting. Oh. I, don't, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I didn't go get the, I didn't have to go to some outside source, someone else's fleshly template, someone else's principles and somebody else's steps. I just had to sit there and remind myself, okay, but hold on. This is what the word says. What does it look like, Lord? If this is what you said a father looks like, this is what you said a husband looks like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to go through it and I'm going to see it. And you know what? I'm not going to run out and try and fix the situation in my marriage or as a parent by just knowing the word in my head, I'm sitting on it, I'm waiting it, and I'm trusting you. Yeah. Yes, I can see my kid is not happy two weeks. My kid's still not happy three weeks. I still don't know what to do, but I'm trusting you. Yeah. Are you with me? And the Holy Spirit speaks to you, and he leads you, and he brings the scriptures alive inside your heart. And then when you come and speak to your child, you speak with wisdom. You speak with love. You don't speak with irritation. You don't speak with, you are making my life you speak with understanding. In all you're getting, get understanding. understanding. Understanding of what? Of the other person in the situation. Understanding of what? God's wisdom for the situation. Amen? Yep. We can't give you a template of these are the 10 steps to parenting. These are the 10 steps to great marriage. You can't do that. God is the orchestrator of marriage. God says, this is my thing you wanted. Come walk with me. We're going to do it my way. You are going to have a honeymoon for 58 years. Are you with me? Sounds like a sweet deal. Sounds like a sweet deal, man. Amen? Amen. Are you guys awake? Are you guys just brain, you got brain freeze <laughs> they, from they, the cold? They're taking it in. They're taking it in. <laughs> And, and, and you know what, it, it bears going into because <coughs> it really comes down to our decisions, you know, in those moments. Because um, 
a lot of the times over the years, we think that if God's leading us, if it's from God, you know, all these things, oh, it's just going to happen. It's going to magically happen, you know. But uh, look at the person next to you and say, you always have a hand in it. Because to see God's grace at work, you're the one who's producing the grace that's coming from your heart. Amen? And, and you know, sometimes in life, especially with relationships, you know, we, we do get complacent sometimes where we'll have something on our heart that we want to do, and then we're like, yeah, I'll just wait, I'm just going to do this quickly, I'm going to come back. You, you know what I'm saying? But when you understand God's model for blessing, it's very, very different from um, that legacy understanding because God's model for blessing is, listen, what I'm putting in your heart, I want you to take everything with you, your wife, your kids, your friends, your ministry, your, your health, your peace. I want you to take everything with you. I don't want you to just drop everything, do this one thing, then come back. Because now the thing is, if you're going to do a one thing that takes 18 months, you know, um, what's going to happen when you come back to people that you haven't connected with for 18 months? Like you mentioned earlier. I mean, you're going to be strangers, you know, and all of a sudden you left them in that place where, uh, uh, where the relationship was, but your attention was on something else. So you never felt the distance. But the person that was waiting for you was like, excuse me, it's been 18 months. Where have you been? It's like, no, I've been here. I've always been the same. What are you talking about? It's like, bud, do you know how long 18 months is? You guys understand what I'm saying? You know, and, and the reason for it is, is like you were talking about earlier is, you know, when we see this thing as giving us more than what God has blessed us with. You know, you made a statement, was it last week or the week before, that um, luxury has become blessing. You know what I'm saying? And, and as believers, what's happened over the years is that um, the blessing of God has become something that we can buy. Are you with me? The blessing of God came with a price. His name was Jesus, right? He paid a very expensive price for our blessing, but the blessing that we receive is not anything of this world. Amen? So when we think about these mechanics, it's very, very important, guys, that we make the decision every single time to commit to God first. Amen? If God's putting a vision in your heart, right, commit to him first and say, okay, this is amazing. God, this is cool. I'm happy. This is, let's go. But I need your grace and your wisdom here to walk this out. You, you know what I'm saying? If, if you've got a need in the household, all right, running out and making a plan and all these things, you have to go out and do something. We all agree. You have to go out and do something. But first, you have to find out what to do. Amen. And that's why when you look at God's order for the household between the parents, mother and father, the marriage, it becomes an absolute fortress in the house. Because regardless of what's happening, when the parents are, are, are walking together focused on God, man, you're going to have such a peace that is not only like tangible in your heart, it's physically tangible when you walk into the physical building. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like some houses you walk into and you just feel like, man, I can just take my shoes off here, just go lie on the couch, you know, sort of thing. Then you get other houses you walk in, you're like, am I supposed to be here? Is it fine if I, yeah. And you know when you go to your friend, like, hey, can I have a glass of water? What do you mean? Of course you can. It's like, oh, I'm just checking. You, you know, <laughs> this is part of that blessing that God wants us to experience and wants us to be uh, um, the witness to his grace at work. Are you with me? And, and guys, it is that mechanic that every time we have decisions to make. You know, you were saying like when the honeymoon phase is over, 
you know? And Kill, can I use this example? He doesn't, he doesn't know what it is, but he knows it's him, you know? So everyone here know Kalen a little bit, know of him personally. You guys agree, he's, he's a bit of a, a goofball, right? Yeah, he's a bit of a, he's a clown, okay? But in the good sense, you know, there's never a dull moment with Kayla around. And, and when him and Lee, where's Lee? Lee's dancing. Good luck, Lee. See, the honeymoon's over. She's not yet. <laughs> and, and you know, when they were getting serious and everything, and then boom, Kale comes and talks to me. He's like, this is what I'm going to do. And then he shows me the design for the ring and all that. And I was like, oh, it's real now. Oh, my goodness. Because, I mean, you know, he's my baby brother, you know. So it's real now. And I promise you, from the time he made the decision to the time the engagement happened, right, and it was two months, eh? You guys got married. Three months. Yeah, so they got engaged, and then three months, they were like, no, we're getting married. I'm like, well, praise God. This is great. Fantastic. In that time, it was probably about five or six months since you started with the design and made the decision, this is what's going to happen. Within six months, you know, I've always struggled with him to get serious about God. You know, like, because he's a goofball. So he ve- he's like very, very unserious about everything, you know? But I promise you, when he started and he made this decision in his heart, and he's like, you know what, I want to commit to this woman, right? Something happened in his heart. Did he? I kid you not, and family, I kid you not, he got so serious about God that I saw him, like, grow up as a man within those six months. You, you know that all of a sudden, his leadership is coming out. You know, all of a sudden, he's walking in wisdom. All of a sudden... There's a selflessness about him, you know? And his character changed so quickly, and I'm like, what is going on here? Because, like I said, six months is quick, eh? It's it's quick for that sort of drastic change to happen. And the morning of his his wedding, wedding, you know, we were there. So now I'm, I'm the best man, okay? So I'm like, okay, we got this. I promise you, I was like, anyone come near him today, you're dead. I don't want to hear a single thing. You know, I had like the shield around him, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> we, were, we were getting ready. Chris, you came to the, do- to the room, eh? You see, Chris came to the room. I was so wired. I'm like, no, nah, I got it. Anything he needs is cool. Chris comes, Chris was instructed to come to the room, right? I open the door. He comes in. I'm like, Chris, what are you doing? He's like, I was told to be. I'm like, okay, just be quiet, Chris. Just stand there. Like, just, just be cool. Calm, you know, sort of thing. And on that morning, you know, it was, apart from the nerves and, you know, all that thing, but I saw something spiritual taking place in his heart where as the hour was getting closer, it was almost as if he was dying more. You, you know what I'm saying? That, that's what it, and you know what? Amen. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, you were there at the ceremony. Obviously, you did the ceremony. But, I mean, you know, um, as the hour, I was watching him, you know, I was watching him. And certain pictures my cousin took, it's just me like this, okay, I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I was just like... Is that why he looked dead when he got to the altar? I, I think so. He, he was dying, but he was dying, you know. And, and, and we got there, and even before we started, we were standing at the front, you know, and he's like, it's going to be okay. I'm like, it's going to be good. Don't worry. It's cool. It's going to be good, you know. And, and there's a picture that was taken, and when he saw her at the top of the, of the aisle, you know, and she came in, geez, it's funny. It was like the pictures were, were two of us, right? And I'm smiling even more. I'm like, <laughs> you know, because it was like the moment. I've been walking this moment with him the whole morning, you know. But the journey of that death to self, not because it was a duty now, not because there's an obligation now. It's like, okay, we're in here. This is how we must act. He physically put down his entire life because he was committing to someone before God. And he was acknowledging that, God, I'm doing this your way. God, I'm doing this. I'm choosing to be here. 
you know, and a lot of times when we're walking with God, uh, in every area in life, and even in relationships, you know, we often feel like it's an obligation now. You know, like, oh, we're married, okay, I should do this. It's like, well, hold on. In the beginning, you chose, yeah. but now you feel like you should. You know what happened? You went from grace to law. You went from reliance on God to reliance on self. Are you guys with me? And as believers, we have the responsibility that every day, whether it's in relationships, whether it's dealing with our own issues or making decisions, we have the responsibility that God, just like I committed to you on that very first day when I chose you, free, no obligation, nothing, I made the decision, so too today I continue to choose. But the key thing is you continue to choose like that every day. That's the key. Every day, every moment. That's the key. You know, whenever Trish and I would get into a, because we don't anymore, eh? we haven't had an argument in like 20 years. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but <laughs> we don't have arguments. We call it intense fellowship. <laughs> Spirited. <laughs> so the thing is, is that there'd be times where she would say something and it would cut me deep. Eh? <laughs> And I'm walking down the passage and I'm thinking, yes, I want to say this. <laughs> and, and this is it. This is the, this is the knockout part. I'm going to say it in the Holy And then I go, but Holy Spirit? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and it's because I, 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 fear, God, I fear God more than I, than, I, than I have to feel my feelings. Mm. And in that moment, I can say something that could truly, out of anger or whatever, destroy the temperature in my house. You know, it can, it can destroy that temperature that he's talking about, that I set because I'm the father. The father, the husband is the leader. Everything needs a leader. That's it. Women submit to the leader. Men be the leader. You know? So I've taken that on my shoulder because that's what the scripture says. It says that you set the temperature. You set the temperature in your house spiritually. So, you know, if there's a moment where I can really cut, cut back and say that thing, or I can, in that moment, I lean on the Holy Spirit and I say, Lord, is it worth it? And you know what the Holy Spirit will say? No matter, no matter how hard it is, no matter how hey, now you feel right now, remember, I'm the one that gives you your value. That's it. Remember, you're dealing with a person who's maybe had a bad day at work or she had uh, got some, uh, a little bit of worries that have come into her heart, or a little bit of, uh, um, you know, issues with whatever, and you're the first one around, so you're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that, you're like, make peace with it. Like <laughs> but, but do you see the understanding? Do you see the leaning on the Holy Spirit? You see, and if you do that enough, over the years, you will, you will retaliate less. Because you have that exit point from yourself, because you have, that, you have that belief in God and His vision for your house. You know, I can't tell myself to go and be soft, to soften my heart to my wife. I can't. I don't have the power to do that. I have to go and soften my heart to God. And when my heart is softened to His way of doing things, automatically I'm in love with her again. I choose to because you know why? I have the, the strength and the power with her. <laughs> Should we tell them now? <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. No, I was gonna say that your pronouns are her and, and <laughs> she, her, she, and her. 
My pronouns are guitar and solo. <laughs> are, are you with me, guys? You see, your, your lifeline is your walk with the Holy Spirit. You see, the Bible says this. It says that whenever a man loses the vision, he casts off restraint. Hello? Who's the vision? When the Bible speaks of vision, another word for vision is kingdom. Another word for kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. Another word for kingdom is Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is in your heart. He has now made the realm of your heart alive. The Holy Spirit has come into your heart and your heart space. Jesus said, where's the kingdom? Where's the kingdom? The kingdom resides in? Inside you, in your heart. You see, this is why he says, pray like this, our Father, source. The word Father means source. Who art in? The kingdom of heaven. Okay? What, where's, where's all the resources to what you need? With the Father. Then he says, hallowed be thy name. That name that you call yourself, Lord, that is set apart from all other names, the provider, the healer. You see, Jesus is saying, pray like this. Every time that you come into prayer or quiet time or your walk with the Lord, first acknowledge the source is the Father. All the resources you need is where the Father is, in heaven. His kingdom come. Where's the kingdom? In your heart. Amen? Who's the door between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? Jesus. You see, the heart or the kingdom of God is the realm that you can access all of the kingdom of heaven's resources from. That's how it works. You know? So there's, there's no way you are going to be able to have anything for your wife or for the, these people without you first going to the source. The heart's not going to function the way it's supposed to because you need patience. He says it's his fruit, not your fruit. You need kindness. It's his, not yours. You were never, ever designed to be a source. You were never, ever designed to be able to do this thing without connecting to the source of life. He is your love because he is love. Amen? This is parenting. This is marriage. This is the walk with God. You can't separate the walk with God with the walk with your wife. You can't separate the walk with the Holy Spirit with the walk with your children. Amen. <clears throat> Are you with me? You can't. Say again. Praise the Lord. This is the Word of God. Stay true to the Word and you will see in time what it brings in your life. Do you know what the most amazing times of my life is when I'm in prayer? You know, I'll sit back and I'll just, I just want to be in thanksgiving, you know, and I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm just going, yes, Lord, you know, you're so good. I love you so much. And then I think about what I can, I can be thankful for. My gosh. I just think about my house is truly a sanctuary. If broken people come visit us and they'll walk into the house, clients, Trisha runs a business. I'm telling you, nine out of 10 clients walk out of that place asking about God. They don't even know why. I promise you, ask her. People will walk into the house and they'll say, you know, I was here last time for the first time and we walked in here and we can just sense there's something different. And I'm like, praise the Lord, what is it? 
I don't have uh, an altar of incense burning or anything like that, you know? Yeah, you know, when they walk in, there isn't a poster <laughs> of Jesus on the wall. <laughs> yeah, we don't have all these Jesus paintings and scriptures, you know, faith, hope, and love all over our teacups and, you know, all the stuff. You know, all these, these are just works, man. It's all works. You just got to be real in your heart with the Lord and allow Him to keep the fire. Allow Him to keep the, the life in your heart. And if you've got the life, the life connected to Him, you've got the life for everyone else mm. and everything else. But He calls you Father. He calls you the King. He calls you the priest. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But you've got to go into the realm where the King of Kings dispenses. That's the kingdom of God. Go into the kingdom of God, and then you're ready to take from the kingdom of heaven. That's it. Keep it there. Yeah, and and it's working working that paradox because, for example, being the provider in the home, or you know, trying to uh, um, walk in love, and you know all these things, there is inherent pressure. Yeah. Because we feel it. You know, I mean, if you, if, if 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 you're at home and then Trish walks in next minute, like you say, you know, she's had a bad day with everything. And you're like, hey, babe. And she's like, you know what? Da -da. You're like, okay. You know? You got it right. Yeah. You know? You got it right. So like, excuse me? Do I look like your client? You can do that, you know? <laughs> you have a right. But the thing is this, though, is that even though you may have a right and want to act on it, did you win? Did you achieve righteousness even though you had a right? And when we feel that pressure to perform, it's like, but deeds, okay, God has made us the head of the home, but there's real pressure to perform. We're not saying there isn't. We're saying that the pressure is not on you to supply. The pressure is on you to receive. That's the key. You know, it's, it's like what, what started happening a couple of years ago. Remember, every time chaos would happen and everything, and then you're always the calm one. And look at this guy. I'm like, deeds, this is like a hectic thing. He's like, you know, you know. Let's see. Let's see. Let's wait. So I'm looking at this and I say, nah, you know what? This man is always so disconnected from everything. But the truth is, he's choosing to connect with God, not the situation. Are you with me? Now, you get into heated discussions and you're keeping quiet. Why are you so quiet? It's like, you know, the reality of it is that as much as this is heated now and it's hectic, is that what I'm going to say in this moment will be remembered when it's not heated anymore. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's going to remember that. Even I'm going to remember it. I'm going to feel like an idiot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and that thing that you were talking about, continually choosing, is that, you know, it's almost like you guys understand the head office and the branch setup. You know how that works, right? So, you know, you've got a problem, you go to a, a local macro or whatever, and they're like, please phone our head office, right? Now, head office has the authority, head office has everything, whatever. They tell the branch what to do, you know? It just flows through. Um, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God inside of us, you must think of it as the same sort of setup, guys. Are you with me? Is that what's inside of us is everything that is above. Are you with me? So what's our responsibility? Let's just go into the branch because the branch is telling us what's happening in head office. You know, everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness is inside of us. But it's the continual choosing. And you know what? It's also why the body is so important. Because what's going to happen when you can't choose? What's going to happen when you don't want to? You can have a brother that comes to you and say, hey, I know it's, it's, it's cool, it's hectic. No, I'm with you. But I need you to choose now. I need you to remember you know what's in it. How much more so in the union of marriage? You know, I've seen some examples eh, where 
a certain married couples, they just refuse to agree on something. Zero. They won't even meet each other halfway. Like, no, I'm not doing that. It's like, ugh. And I'm thinking to myself, how is this going to be okay? Because the thing is, can you have that kind of absolute? I'm not talking about riding a roller coaster at Gold Reef City. I'm talking about like real life stuff, you know? The Gold Reef City thing, you can survive. It's like, aha, you're a chicken, whatever. You know, it's good. But when we're talking about like serious life issues and no one wants to budge, it's tough. You, you know, it's like, it's really, really hectic uh, uh, friction, you know? But the key to, to, to laying it down, the key to that selflessness, you know, the key to keeping your heart soft is that, man, I got to go into the branch. I got to go in there and I got to take everything that the branch is giving me. I got to go in there and I say, okay, cool. I'm holding on to things, onto this thing so much. What do I need from it? Yeah. You know, I'm holding it onto the point that it's hurting the people I love. Are you guys with me? You need to go into that branch, and the Holy Spirit's like, why are you, why are you holding it? I'm giving you something better. What, what do you want from that thing? You know, you got to go through those processes and, and be real about that. And understand, like, like Michaela was talking about this morning, what the true, the true value is, the true treasures. You know, and, and that's how you see treasure in your life, guys, is that when you go into that branch, the kingdom of God inside of you, and you connect and you say, wow, I always thought I would get this from that, but... God's really giving this to me. For sure. You know, you, know, you just reminded me of Selena. <clears throat> a very, very famous, uh, ch- one of the church, well, not really a church father, but a, a very famous uh, um, uh, pastor, evangelist. His name was, um, I'll tell you now, the guy that threw people up against the wall and what? they were, he raised 25 from the dead. Come on, Smith Wigglesworth. Smith. He threw a dead body against the wall and the body started walking. He literally threw the guy up against the wall, the dead body, and he started walking. But, <clears throat> but the thing is, is that this guy was a great man of faith. And you know what he said? He made such an amazing statement He's, when somebody asked him about his prayer life. And he said, how do, I, how do I separate my prayer life from my life? So my life is a prayer. He's like, you guys pray intensely for one hour and then you forget about God. He says, I pray all day long. He says, because the scriptures say, pray without ceasing. What does it mean to pray, have a prayer life that doesn't cease? It, is, it means to be in connection 24-7, using the cross, because that's what the cross was given, because the cross is how we commune with God. We commune with God around the cross. That's the common denominator we have, which is what Jesus calls us because of his work. So we come around, we come in fellowship with the Father around the common denominator, which is the cross. Co-heir, co-visionary, inherit, are you with me? Okay? So he says this, he says, I pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? Okay, right now your wife or your husband is giving you a story and you want to retaliate, you know what you do? I'm feeling victim here. I'm feeling all these things and the pain and the hurt. What do I do? I immediately judge how I'm feeling. I reconcile how I'm feeling back to the cross. Once I've reconciled it back to the cross, I send the feeling away. See, I've only got the power to, and the strength to send the feeling away when I go back to the cross. Because Jesus died so that I don't have to be a victim. So I judge the, situa- the feeling, I take the feeling back to the cross, I reconcile it to the finished work of Jesus. I now have the strength because of Jesus to send the feeling or the regret or the pain or the hurt away. Then 
I speak the promise. Amen? You do this all the time. This is prayer, guys. You can't just say prayers when I go lock myself in the room. No, 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 no. This is prayer every day without ceasing, staying connected through the cross. Amen? And if you're feeling all chuffed because you did this and you that and you're such a big shot now because you achieved something, you better go do the same thing. You can't just do it. You can't just relate your prayer life to when you hurt and when you're in pain or when you need. No. Now, hey, just got a new car or just got a new job or just whatever. Okay, what am I feeling? Oh, oh, oh. Lord, that feeling is very, it's very nice, but it can be deceitful. It's puffing me up here. You know what? I'm going to take this feeling. I'm reconciling it back to the cross. Who am I in Jesus? No matter how good it feels, my value still comes from what he did, not what I did. Amen? Then I can send that feeling away so it doesn't reign and rule inside of me. Amen? That's what you've got to do. This is the prayer life. This is your life. This is how we live with God. It's not about all these routines and regimes that we put ourselves into. Your heart was not designed to be locked in a room for five hours begging God to help you. Your heart was designed and molded and shaped to be connected to the source when you're in the traffic and the taxi driver's giving you a hassle. And on the radio, they're telling you to take, go take some stupid medication that you're not supposed to. And the guy behind you is slapping his children, whatever. You are designed. You are designed to be with God in the source, no matter what you are feeling, thinking, seeing. That's a prayer life. That's a humble man's life. That's a connection walking with the Lord all day long. You can't just connect to God when you need. Sis, man. Imagine the only time you actually connect with God is because you, you're feeling bad or you in a situation. Sis. My dad used to say that to me. He used to say, sis. Say, why, Dad? He said, I could, I could see you coming to handle me from down there already. My dad was a very open act, you know. He loved me like you won't believe. But he, he could see me coming. He knew I needed money or something. And he was like, before you got here, I knew you coming to handle me. How much do you need? Oh, uh, I don't want to take it now. No, 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 no. Just, I'm here, you know. <laughs> but sis, man. And my dad would tell me straight forward, he's like, is that the only time you want to come and talk to me when you need something? You see, you can't separate, you can't separate our relationship with God and with people. It's, not, it's, it's who you are, it's the character. Are you with me? Ladies, when you get that, that flattering word from that gentleman who's not your husband, what are you going to do? You're just going to leave that thing bouncing around in your soul? No, you can't do that. Yeah, Exactly. After, after 30 minutes, yeah, but my husband doesn't say I'm sexy anymore. I better go back to that same place where I heard that word because I'm lacking it. Are you with me? You've got to deal with it immediately. Reconcile. Hey, why did that thing affect me like this? Yeah, see, I'm obviously not feeling fulfilled somewhere. Reconcile it back to the cross. Deal with the flattery and send it away. Stay at peace. Amen? This is your duty. This is how you father. This is how you husband. 
This is how you wife. This is how you child. This <laughs> how you parent. This is how you live in the Father's flow. Without Him, we are nothing. He said you can do nothing without me. Nothing. Why? Because you were designed to be connected to the source. Amen? Yes, God is so good. His word is so complete. There's nothing missing. He hasn't, there's nothing that you can pinpoint or think that he hasn't thought about. It's covered. It's covered. Are you covered? That's the question. Are you covered by him or are you trying to cover yourself? Amen? Why don't you just close our eyes for a moment? Some folks need to do a little bit of judging, reconciling, sending away right now. Just do it. Man, God is so good. His word is life to our flesh and bones. Amen? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let all our failings and all our needs, all our achievements and all these things just fall away as we find our peace in you, Father. Let all our fears dissipate. reconcile whatever that thing is that's been driving you, whatever that sense of lack that's been welling up inside of you, just let's judge it, reconcile it, send it away in the name of Jesus, the one who completes you. You are the father that God called you to be. You are the Proverbs 31 wife. the husband that he has called you to be. You are, he says you are. You are the loyal and trustworthy friend. You are the good son. You are the daughter who brings pleasure to the father's heart. Yes, you are. You are because you've already been made suitable. You've already been qualified and built up. He says you are his workmanship, his masterpiece. And even if you don't feel like it, he says, believe it. Even if you can't see it, believe it by faith. That's who I say you are. I will walk you into all of the blessings, he says. I will walk you into all the achievements and promotions and good feelings and self-worth and all the confidence you need, I will walk you into that place if you will just stay connected to me. I am your source. Don't you know that everything that you run to, dictionaries and, and encyclopedias and uh, 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 museums and all these things are all second-hand knowledge. 
I am the source. Everything comes from me. Everything you need to know, I will let you know. I'll show you everything. Just trust me. Just walk with me. is good. Amen. Give him a round of applause, everybody. I've just got this scripture on my heart. Can you give us Ephesians 5.18 and we'll close off with this. Just look at this. Yeah. Have you got it open there? And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but filled, but be filled with the Spirit saying be filled with the Holy Spirit be influenced by the Holy Spirit when you are influenced by the Holy Spirit when He's your source and He's influencing the mind, the will and emotions just go to the next scripture I think it is speaking to one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord don't be drunk with fear. Don't be drunk with self. Don't be drunk with worry. And don't be drunk with career. And drunk with trying to be a good husband. Don't, be try, don't become uh, influenced by any of these things, any of these principles. Be influenced by the Holy Spirit and you will make melody in your heart to the, to the one that you love. Unto the Lord and unto your wife and your children. When you speak, your advice will be sweet. It will be like a love song. Amen? Can you imagine when you're giving your children advice and it's like a love song? Can you imagine when you're angry with your wife but you're so influenced by the Holy Spirit or you're angry with your husband and you're so influenced by the Holy Spirit that as you open up your mouth, it's a love song? Come on. That's what he says. He says if you're influenced by Him and you're drunk with the Holy Spirit, that's what will happen. It's a promise from the Lord. Amen? You don't have to go watch all these rom-coms and these romantic comedies. Man, here's the most romance you're ever going to find in your life. Amen? No one can love your heart like He loves your heart. No one can touch your heart like He touches your heart. No one. Amen. Come on, shout out a beautiful melody to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.